Red Rocks Church, hey, this is a really, really special weekend. We hope that today your faith is built through this message. But we have a very special guest that's gonna be joining us this weekend. So at all of our locations, wherever you're watching from, would you stand to your feet, put your hands together, and welcome to the stage our friend from I-5 City Church, Pastor Jimmy Rollins. What's up, Red Rocks? How y'all doing? Come on, can we just celebrate Jesus one time? Why don't you give the person next to you a high five? Tell them we about to have church. Y'all can have y'all seats. Come on. So excited to be here. It's cold. I got off the plane. I think y'all invited me today because uh, yesterday was Black Friday. <laughs> So good to be here. I'm honored. <laughs> Some of y'all just caught that. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> so good to be here. I'm so honored to uh, just, just be in the atmosphere. The worship is absolutely phenomenal. That white girl can sing, y'all. I'm trying to tell you. My God. Put her in our luggage. Take her home with us. We need some white folks at our church. I know it's so good to be here, and I'm just honored uh, just with everything that God's doing here. It's absolutely amazing, uh, and I just think I got a chance to just spend some time with Sean uh, this afternoon. That's my dude. been talking to him. Come on, let's give it up for your pastor. Amen. He's doing amazing. I can't wait for him to come back. I'm telling y'all, he's going to blow the doors off of this place, right? Amen. Can we just give it up for Jill and Sean, their entire family, the Johnson family? Amen. Love y'all. Love your your team and and uh, also I got I got my smoking hot wife with me uh, you know of 20 years let's go 20 years I love you girl how you doing how you doing girl pumped to be here and um, just I believe that God has a word for you you guys have been in this amazing season and uh, this, this series, I've just been checking it out a little bit, and, and uh, this, this is hot off the presses, and so I can't wait. So every campus, y'all get ready, because it's going to be bananas, come on. Uh, I don't know, I trained y'all last time. Uh, you do have a black preacher, so you got to talk back to me a little bit, come on. So when I say, come on, there we go, there we go. And uh, uh, we're going to talk to your neighbor, so go ahead. Why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself to the person sitting next to you. Just tell them, I'm glad you're in church. Tell them. Say, I'm glad you're in church. Now look at the person on the other side of you and say, you look like you need a little bit of church. Come on. You look like you need church and a breath, man. Let's jump right in. You guys are about to receive uh, just an incredible season of your year in offering. And, and, uh, and I believe that God has greater in store for this church and greater in store for this city and greater in store through you all over the world. How many of y'all know that the best days uh, of Red Rocks are ahead of you? Come on. Amen. Turn your Bibles with me to 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, we're going to pick through this passage of Scripture, uh, and then I'll, I'll land, we'll land it, and, and I believe that God's going to do something uh, amazing. It says this. It says, one day the widow of a member of the group of prophets, this widow of a member of a group of prophets, came to Elisha, and she cried out. And she says, my husband who served you is dead, and you know that he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come. Somebody say, a creditor has come. A creditor has come, taken, threatening to take my two sons as slaves. And Elisha said, what can I do to help you? Elisha asked. 
Tell me, what do you have in the house? Somebody say, in the house. Nothing at all except a flask of oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty buckets, as many empty jars, as many empty vessels as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing her bucket after bucket, jar after jar, vessel after vessel, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Every container was full to the brim. Every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. They said there aren't any more, and the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil, pay off your debts, and you and your sons can live off of what is left over. I want to talk to you over the next few minutes from this topic, this house. Look at the person next to me says, this house. This house is amazing. This house has the hand of God on it. This house is a special house. It reminds me of, of how I grew up. See, my house, we didn't have much. We was poor. Come on, somebody. We was, we was the kind of poor you didn't know you were poor. We were so poor, I'm telling y'all, we had to invite people over, like all over the neighborhood, you know, to have a buffet. I'm talking about everybody bring this. That's where potluck started. Potluck dinner started with poor people. Come on, somebody. All you could afford was one course. <laughs> I got the corn. I got the burgers. I got the bread. I got the cups, right? And I remember like us, you know, growing up, me and my dad, and we lived on this block, and, and man, every house had way more than we had. And there was this one house that I would go to every day because they had the good snacks. Come on. <laughs> they had the good snacks, and they had two refrigerators. Like, if you had one refrigerator, you were okay. If you had two, you were doing it. Come on. So they had two refrigerators, the one in the garage. It had the good sodas, not the sodas that we had. We had sodas that said, drink. <laughs> we had Shasta. Come on. <laughs> we had, you know, <laughs> light-colored drink. Like, like, didn't have a name brand. And, and th this house had all the, the name brands. We had this other house, like this guy had a grill, and he would smoke all of these meats. Come on. We didn't have meats. We had steakums and spam. Uh-huh. We was poor. It's okay. We was poor. I, I still ate, though. I don't know if y'all can tell. I was, we still got here. Right? Like, like, my mom would say, we're making, you know, uh, 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 steak and gravy, but it was really steakums cut up. Come on, and some gravy. So this one guy, he had steaks on a grill. And then this other house, Miss Harris's house. Miss Harris's house was amazing. Miss Harris had a pool. We didn't have a pool. We had a sprinkler with some trash bags taped together <laughs> with some dishwashing liquid. Not only did we have fun, we had fun and got clean all at the same time, y'all. It was amazing. And so I would have to travel to all of these different houses to experience something amazing. And I remember us standing outside of Miss Harris's house, just waiting for an invite, waiting. Man, maybe one day Miss Harris will invite us to swim in her pool. And we would just kind of manipulate, you know, just kind of stand out. Just, it was hot. Just, and we hear all of the people having fun at Miss Harris's house. And I remember the first time I got invited to the party. Oh, I could hear people laughing. I could hear people having, you know, they, they were experiencing freedom. They were experiencing joy and laughter. And I remember that Miss Harris's house had it going on. 
See, if we look at this passage of scripture, you would think that this lady's house doesn't have it going on. You would think that this lady's house, that this is not a house that Jesus would visit. You'd probably guess, man, I don't know if I want to be at this house, but we see in the scripture that this house went from a mess to a miracle. This house went from pain to purpose. This lady says, I'm not going to be a victim. I'm going to be a victor. And God uses this house. Somebody say this house. There was something special about this house. Now, let me give you some context. This woman was of the company of prophets. And she says, my husband who feared the Lord had died. Now, I want you to understand, like, she should be in mourning. She should be crying. She should be trying to figure out, like, what's going to happen next. But I love how God sends a word by her house. God sends a prophetic word by her house. God sends a prophet by her house in the midst of despair. I love how God never leaves us lonely. I love how God always shows up in the midst of a see-nothing season. I love how God sends Elisha by her house, and Elisha asks her a question. What do you have in your house? I believe that's what God is asking Red Rocks Church in this season, especially this season of year-end offering, is what do you have in your house? house. It's so easy to look at what we don't have. It's so easy to look at everything that's going wrong, but the, the prophet says, no, look ahead and tell me what do you have in your house? Understand the context of the scripture. See, when the husband died, Hebrew law determined that the sons would have to pay off the debts of the father. So the sons would now be indebted to the creditor. There would be a generation that was indebted to the creditor because of the generational uh, 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 inequity that was left behind or the generational sins that were left behind or the debts that the father left behind. So this not only is, has this mother lost her husband, but her sons are now, their lives are at stake and they are going to be indebted to the creditor. Can I tell you that there's a generation of people in Denver that are potentially indebted to the creditor and they're wondering, what house can I find life in? What house can I find freedom in? What house can I find joy in? What house can I find community in? What house can I find peace in? And they're looking for a house where they can be set free from the indebtedness to the creditor. The question I came to ask you, is it this house? Is it this house where people get set free? Is it this house where people get delivered? Is it this house where people get healed? Has anybody gotten blessed by this house? Come on, raise your hand. Has anybody's marriage come back together because of this house? Has anybody found their purpose and their joy and their freedom here at this house? There's something special about this house. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I came to tell you that there's a generation of people that are at stake to be enslaved by the creditor. And he's seeking whom he may devour. As I walk the streets of Denver today, I just thought about what's the potential uh, or where are all these people on their God journey? Maybe they haven't turned to God yet. Maybe they're still in fear and pain and in doubt and, and they don't really have a greater purpose. But I thank God that God positioned Red Rocks Church as the house in the community where miracles are going to happen. 
What was so special about this lady's house? I want to give you five things. Five things that you must protect about this house. Five things that I believe that are principles of, of how God wants to use this house to touch a city, to touch the world, to touch the nation. Number one, this house is about others. Somebody say, this house is about others. This house is not about me. This house is not about I. I want this. I want this type of song. I wish they would. Come on, somebody. We live in this society where everything is me and mine and I and our prayers have become selfish, but rather Jesus wants us to live selfless. The Bible says that Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom, which means as you sow and as you give and as you strategize and as you pray, it is not supposed to be selfish in nature. It's supposed to be selfless in nature. This house is about others. It ain't about me. Somebody say, it ain't about me. It ain't about us. It ain't about what I want. It's not about the favorite song. I'm not coming to church today. I'm not singing my song. I'm not going to give because I don't agree. It's not about me. It's about others. This house is about others. When I read this passage of scripture, it says one day, the widow of the member of prophecy, I'm going to just skip ahead. It says, she says this, but the creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. She doesn't say the creditor has come threatening to take my Mercedes. She doesn't say the, 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 the creditor has come threatening to take my house. She doesn't make it selfish. She says, listen, my husband just died, and it's not about me. We've got to do something so this next generation doesn't have to walk in the, in the path that I walked in, so the next generation doesn't have to experience what I've experienced. The creditor is coming, and it's not about me. That's what I love to say at our church, that you don't give to a church. You give through a church. Come on, if God had a bank account, I'd believe it'd be the local church because he's using the local church to change the world. It's about others. I love how Jesus had a different appetite. One time Jesus was at a well talking to a woman that he shouldn't have talked to, a Samaritan woman. You may know this passage of scripture, but Samaritans and Jews are not supposed to have relationship. And, and Jesus was on his way. He was hungry. And so he sent the disciples off to get him something to eat. Maybe they went to Popeye's and got a chicken sandwich. <laughs> and they come back, and, and, they're, and Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman. And they say, Jesus, what are you doing? It's time to eat. Why are you wasting time talking to homeless people? Why are you wasting time with people whose marriages are jacked up? Why are you wasting time? She's ostracized, outcasted. Jesus, what are you doing? And he, he says, I got a different appetite. He says this. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. Which means my life, my appetite is about others. My appetite is not about myself. It is about others. I'm here to tell you what I love about this year end offering is God is using you to help others. God is using you to sow into others. God is using you to change the trajectory and change the course of others. Somebody says this house is about others. Why did God use this house? It's about others. Number two, God used this house because this house is anointed. Oh, I love this one. I will go old school, bring out a B3 organ right now. This 
house is anointed. Listen to what it says, 2 Kings 4.2. Elisha says, what can I do to help you? And he says, tell me, what do you have in your house? And I love her response. She doesn't say, I've got all the answers. She doesn't say, I've got the best worship team on the planet. She doesn't say, man, I've, got, I've dotted all my I's and crossed all my T's. I've got a resume. She doesn't say, I've got a master's degree. She says, all I've got, all I can find is this little vial of oil. Isn't it incredible the ingredients that we think pleases God versus the ingredients that actually please God? Elisha's like, great. That's exactly what I was hoping you'd say. Let me tell you something, Red Rocks. When you don't know what you have, look at the anointing that's on this house. It's the anointing the Bible says that breaks the yokes. Not a good sermon doesn't break the yokes. Not a good song doesn't break the yokes. What are the yokes, Pastor? It is the things that hold us down, that grip us. The things that, that it's life, it's divorce, it's depression, it's anxiety. And if you want to change, yes, go to counseling, but also answer an altar call. Because what I know is most counselors won't anoint you with oil. It's the anointing. The Bible says... That when David, this guy named David, this guy named David, you know, King David, he didn't start out as a king. He was a kid first. And the Bible says that there was this guy named Samuel who was this prophet that went to Jesse's house and anointed David. And the Bible says this, when David was anointed, he was anointed from that day forward. Oh, I love that. The anointing is about what's ahead. The anointing is about what's in store. I know we can talk about what happened back there, but what's the use of talking about it when God wants to get our vision? Let's take our eyes out of the rearview mirror and put our eyes on what's calling us. It's the anointing that's going to break the yokes. It's the anointing that's going to change us. I don't know if you know this, but I love to eat chicken wings, <laughs> buffalo wings, fried wings, sauteed wings. Curried wings, Old Bay wings. Come on, somebody. I'll eat a wing. In our city, they got this place I heard about called Jim's Hideaway. Jim's Hideaway is supposed to have the best wings in the whole state of Maryland. I went on Yelp. I saw the Yelp reviews. Over a thousand reviews. Four and a half stars. Finger looking good. I'm going to get me some wings. So I'm all preparing. My wife knows I like wings. So we're preparing. Babe, we're going to go eat us some wings. Here's what they said. They said, first, they, they, they smoke them for hours. Come on. Don't that sound anointed? <laughs> then after they smoke them, they flash fry them. <laughs> then they smoke them again. <laughs> so I can't wait to get these wings. Man, I go... Man, I'm telling you, I, I crafted my day around these wings. I texted my wife, date night at the wing stop place. Meet me in the car. We're going. Dress down. Because you might get barbecue sauce everywhere. 
So I get there. I'm all excited. I pull up to Jim's hideaway. I'm excited. Come on. I got out the car. I sat down. It's, a, it's like a southern place. So bring me the sweet tea and some wings. That's all I want. Sweet tea and wings. Don't need an appetizer. Don't give me a biscuit. Come on, somebody. I want the sweet. Don't try to fill me up with other stuff. I want the wings. I sat down. The waitress came over. She said, sir, what would you like to order? Are you crazy, lady? Why are you even asking me? The wangs. And she goes, I, I got to check one thing. I'm like, what? She comes back to the table. Sorry, sir. We're all out. Skill me. We're all out of wings. I said, I don't understand. You advertise wings? People yelped about the wings? There's some oil back there that's not getting used because there's no wings. There's some barbecue, there's no barbecue sauce cannot walk in its purpose because there's no wings. How in the world are you going to advertise wings and run out? And that's exactly what I've been thinking about the church. How are we going to advertise freedom and run out of oil? How are we going to advertise joy and run out of oil? We can't advertise that people get set free here and people get healed here and people get delivered here and people find, come on, freedom here and run out of oil. This house was anointed. She said, all I can find is this little jar of oil. And Elisha says, that's perfect. I don't know what gifts you feel like you don't have. I'm telling you right now, if you stand next to my wife doing worship, she will take you out of the spirit. She can't sing a lick. <laughs> I'm telling you, so I was, I was trying to concentrate doing worship. That is who you way maker. She was like, way maker, miracle worker, light guide in the darkness. My God, that she's all passionate. That is who you are. Clapping off beat. I'm like. But when she prays for people, things happen. When she worships, things happen. Why? Because there's oil on her life. I came to tell you all the way from Baltimore, you might not be able to sing a note. You might not have the best resume, but make sure that you've got oil on your life. You can use oil at the mall. Come on, somebody. God will anoint you to be a mail worker. God will anoint you to be a president. God will anoint you. The anointing is grace for your race. And that's something that you need to have every day in your life. Somebody says this house is anointed. This house is about others. This house is anointed. Pastor, why should I invest in this year in offering? Because we're about others and we're anointed. And that anointing is for what's ahead. Number three, I love this one. Not only is this house anointed, not only is this house about others, is this house needs my house. Oh, I love this. This house needs my house. It says here, 2 Kings 4, 3, 4, 3 and 4. Then Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and your neighbors. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Borrow as many. Now listen, if this is going to move from not enough to more than enough, don't you think we would borrow full vessels? I mean, if I, 
want God to pour out something. I want people to be full. Why does it say go borrow empty jars? Oh, before we get there, what do you mean borrow? Can you imagine the passion of these two boys knocking on every door that they could find saying, listen, we got oil in the house. God is going to do a miracle in the house, but we need your house. Well, what do you need from my house? All we need is your empty vessel. Excuse me? What do you mean? Listen, listen, I know you don't have it all together. I know your marriage is not all together. I know you feel anxiety and depressed and, and maybe you've been dealing with some suicidal thoughts. I know you got unforgiveness, but God is not looking for something that's full. He's actually looking to use something that's empty. Has anybody ever felt empty? Has any, maybe you had it all together. Let me go to this side. It's perfect. Have you ever felt like, man, I'm just empty. I, 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 I keep dealing with these ruminating thoughts. I, I keep going through the same thing in these cycles in my family, and I feel empty. Maybe you're not on the front row, but you're in the back row, and you kind of sneak in to church every Saturday or every once in a while, and you feel like an empty vessel, and you're saying, you mean to tell me that God can use my house to bless this house? Man, God can't use me. You don't know my past. God can't use me. You don't understand my doubt, Pastor. I, I, I'm empty. I'm broken. I've got addiction issues. Huh? You mean to tell me that God can use me and my gift to do a miracle in the house? Yeah. You mean to... Maybe... I stick out like a sore thumb. I'm not like everybody else. I don't know the words to all the songs. I'm empty. My parents are divorced. I'm empty. Man, I'm facing bankruptcy. I'm empty. Well, God said borrow. Which means it's coming back. In other words, it, it might leave empty, but it's coming back full because God never asks for anything that he doesn't plan to fill. And many of you, even in this, in your offering, you're like, man, I, 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 I can't give to this. I, I, my, God can't use this. It's not about equal amount. It's about equal sacrifice. He said, borrow. It's coming back better. It's coming back full. Man, I've learned over and over and time and time again that when I give to God's house, God actually blesses my house. Amen. Do you know all throughout scripture, God was in the business of using houses. He used the house of a prostitute named Rehab. She ran a brothel, and God used her house to save Israel. God can use your house. God can use your job. God can use your finances. Maybe you're in a place where you don't know if you want to trust God, but you know what I've come to find out? That my last 
has the potential to be my first for my next. God is in the business of using your last. When your last becomes your first, he'll multiply it for your next. It's absolutely amazing to me how God uses this house to change a city. God uses this house to release debt of the creditor for an entire generation. Somebody says, this house needs my house. Man, I'm telling you, it says this in Proverbs 11:25. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. And the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. I love how the world or how the word says borrow. That gives me hope that it can leave empty, but it's coming back full. Check it out. It says, then go into your house, you and all your sons, and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting aside one after another when it is filled. This house is about others. This house is anointed. Number three, this house needs my house. Here's, here's what's crazy. Well, number four, this house is where miracles happen. Oh, my God. This house. Do you know that God can use your house to make miracles happen? Now, I want you to get a picture of this. I love to illustrate stuff. This woman says, all I've got is a jar of oil. That's all I got. Just a little bit of oil. I don't have a resume. I ain't got a husband. I ain't got a job. I don't know how I'm going to work it out, but God says, can I have what you do have? The anointing that's on your life, your gift, how you serve the house. And she says, trust me, but before you pour it, shut the door. Shut the door to the past. Shut the door to the past hurts. Shut the door to the past mistakes. Shut the door to the past thinking about giving. Shut the door to the other church who hurt you. Shut the door to the naysayers. And I'm going to do a miracle as long as you keep the door shut. So she says, now hand me the the jars. And she begins to pour the oil. And as she's pouring the oil, miraculously, she's filling the vessels, but hers doesn't run out. Oh my God. Oh, I wish I had enough Crisco right now. And then, so the one person comes home, my God, look what God has done. I gave a little. My bucket came empty, but it's coming back full. Why? Because I brought my vessel to the house of God. It's in the house of God where you get multiplied. It's in the house of God where miracles happen. It's in the house of God where God used your little and you're just enough. But come on, somebody. Or you're not enough becomes just enough. And God moves you're just enough to more than enough. And they can't believe it. All the jars are getting full. Can you imagine 
The person all the way over here, the person all the way in the back saying, oh my God, I don't know if there's enough oil in that house for me. God says, man, yeah, I got you right where I want you. Some of you feel insignificant. Some of you feel empty. And I want you to know that in this year in offering, I believe it's going to be a miracle that you're going to bring your gift. And God says, no, I'm just borrowing it. I'm going to open up a window and pour out so much in your life that you don't have room to receive. And see, there's a person that's all the way in the back. There's a person that doesn't feel like, man, I can't ever be on the worship team. And I don't know if I can serve and my life is jacked up and I got tattoos. I don't know. And God said, all of a sudden, you brought an empty jar in, but it comes back a little heavier. You mean to tell me that God can use this one? Yep. And guess what? He's going to pour out this anointing on your job. He's going to pour out this anointing on your marriage. He's going to pour out this anointing on your children. He's going to pour out this anointing on your finances. He's going to pour out this anointing in this church. He's going to pour out this anointing on this city. He's going to pour out the anointing on the worship team, the parking team, the greeting team, the interns. He says, I'm going to pour out so much that you won't have room to receive. This house is about others. This house is anointed. Hmm. This house needs my house. This house is where miracles happen. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Uh, at our church, when I started our church in 2011, God gave me an idea uh, to start a track and field program. And so we had seven kids in our inaugural season. Seven kids that wouldn't ordinarily get a chance. Seven kids who some of them didn't have father figures in their lives. And I remember sitting across from a guy, his name was Marvin Davis, I'll never forget him. And I sat, Marvin Davis said, listen man, I, God can't use me. I said, Marvin, let's go to lunch. So we went to lunch and, and I said, Marvin, I, I, I just want to tell you some vision. And he says, man, my life is too jacked up, man. You have no idea what I did yesterday. I said, bro, we all got a past. And I began to tell him the vision of I-5 Elite, which now runs and all over the world. And we have 250 students, young people. Last year, 10 of them won national championships at AAU and USATF. Amen. But back in 2011, I sat across on the table from Marvin and Marvin said, I said, Marvin, I got a vision. And I said, man, can we borrow your bucket? And Marvin wrote a check for $2,500 and he slid it across the table. And I ain't know Marvin's finances, so I went right to the bank. Come on, somebody. His bank. I want to make sure they didn't bounce. And then I got the fees. Come on. Cash that check. We just had number 12 athlete, seven, eight years later, get a full ride Division I college scholarship because of Marvin. You have no idea how God will fill you as you fill this house. Man, Marvin walked in significance. Marvin walked in purpose. 
about four years later, I was at my wife's sister's house and I got a call. And Marvin tragically went home to be with the Lord before his time. But Marvin left a legacy. You know what legacy is? Legacy is doing something and being a part of something that outlives you. Come on, somebody. It's in moments like these when we see what God can do. The miracle started happening where every single jar was full. I'm telling y'all, uh, at the, in April, I'm going to go to, to, uh, to the Dream Center uh, out there in, 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 in L.A., and I'm going to see three of our athletes that run at USC, and I'm going to take them to lunch, and they're going to eat sushi, and we're going to have a great time. <laughs> they have no idea. They don't even know who Marvin's name is. But guess what Marvin did? He released the debt of the creditor. And I'm telling you, church, there's a generation of Red Rocks people that you don't even know yet that when you sow in this offering next week, you're going to release the debt of the creditor. I just want to encourage you with this last thing. This house is about others. This house is anointed. This house needs my house. This house is where miracles happen. And here's my last point. This house will be a house of overflow. Check out the scripture. When she told Elisha what had happened, he said, now sell the olive oil. This woman went from broke to a businesswoman. Come on, somebody. Sell the olive oil, pay off the debts of the next generation, and you and your sons can live off of what is left over. I'm here to tell you right, God's going to move you from not enough to more than enough. I'm going to tell you right now that as you sow into this offering next week, that God is going to not only bless this house, but God is going to change and transform your house. It's time for you to live in the overflow of God's blessing. Live in the overflow of peace. Live in the overflow of joy. Live in the overflow of freedom. Live in the overflow of the oil of, of, of the presence of God. Come on, somebody. God is moving you to a life of overflow. Years ago, when we started this track club, we also started a, a, a non-profit. I didn't even know what I was doing, y'all. I got kicked out of Bible college. I don't still know what I'm doing. I can't spell, but I'm anointed. I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't have the resume to do what I'm doing. I can't believe that people call me and actually want me to come to their church and preach. I'm like, oh my God. I mean, we started this, this youth thing and we were mentoring kids. We had no furniture. I just had a vision to mentor kids in our city. Baltimore needs Jesus. And so we started mentoring kids, and there was this company down in Washington, D.C. that heard about what we're doing. <laughs> and they said, listen, we heard about what you're doing. We want you to come down here, and we're going to be moving offices, and we have some desks and chairs that we want to donate to your church. All right, y'all, I'm telling you, I did a Jericho march around that office space. Come on, somebody. I, I just, I was so happy. I was like, oh, my God. Somebody's blessing somebody who got kicked out of Bible college. I can't even spell. They don't even know. Please, nobody tell them I can't spell. So we go down there. My executive pastor rented a truck because my license was suspended. That's a whole nother message. <laughs> I ain't all the way there yet. Y'all pray for me. We went down there. I was so happy. We walked up in that business place and they had all this stuff. And I was like, you're moving. He goes, yeah, you guys go ahead and take the chairs. And on the way up there, we were praying. 
man, God, we thank you for this, you know, what's on this guy's life. This guy, I didn't even know if he was a Christian. I didn't even know his back. He just, we were doing something good and, 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 and he wanted to be a part of it. He, he says, man, can you use this bucket? I don't know if he felt empty, but when I got there, I didn't know he, he really wasn't close to Jesus. So he said, as you were coming up the elevator, I felt something. I got these goosebumps. I was like, really? I knew it was the Holy Spirit. He says, you know what? As I was thinking, you guys are the first ones here. I got some other people coming. He says, don't just take the chairs. Go ahead and take everything. Word? Come on. So I was like, did he just say what I just thought he said? They had computers. They had desks. They had servers. They had scissors. They had paper. They had everything that we would need. I'm telling y'all, it was like Black Friday at Walmart. Come on, somebody. I was going through the aisles. I was gathering stuff. It was just two of us. Go get that chair. Go get that. I, I, there was a lady standing there. I was like, can, we, can, can she be our receptionist? Come on, we'll take her too. I couldn't believe it. My executive pastor tapped me on the shoulder. And he said, um, Pastor, uh, one problem. I said, what? He said, um, we didn't rent a big enough truck. I said, what? He said, uh, we didn't have enough vision for this. And I had to leave with regret because I limited God by how I prepared. Red Rocks, I want to tell you that your best season is ahead of you and your worst seasons are behind you and you haven't seen anything yet and what God has in store for you I dare you to rent the big truck because God is going to pour out so much that you don't have room to receive can y'all stand with me in this moment I believe that this house come on somebody that the best days of this house are ahead of you I believe that God's going to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask think or request even in your wildest dreams how many of y'all believe that with me if you believe that with me can you just put both hands in the air as an act of surrender come on I'm a child of God yes I am come on come on come on in my father's house there's a place come on there's a place come on let's sing it I'm a child of God
every campus. I pray right now, God, that, that they would just pour out their oil, God. God, I pray, God, that you would use their house to bless this house and that this house would bless their house. I pray, God, for this church. I pray for this ministry. I pray for the vision. I pray for the mission. Father, we know that you've got this, God. And God, I thank you, God, that you are a latter-day God, that you are a latter-glory God, that our best is ahead of us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said a good old amen. God bless you guys. We'll see you next time. Hey, I hope that you were blessed by Pastor Jimmy's message this weekend. I believe that everything that we need for what God's asking us to do is already in the house. I want to encourage you, next weekend is our offering weekend, and I want to ask, would you consider bring before God what He might be asking you to do as it relates to a financial contribution to this offering? We believe that this offering is going to set us up for what God has in store, and it's going to give us the opportunity to say yes to every opportunity that He presents to us. So pray, ask God what He might be asking you to do. If you can, be at one of our physical locations, otherwise you can contribute online. We love you guys. We look forward to seeing what God's going to do next weekend as we bring to the close our series, Bricks and Stones.